Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. We're wanting to continue where we tried to go Sunday, and the title of the message was, Where is Your Treasure? It's already on the screen. Can you say that? Where is, where is your treasure? Let's look quickly. This is Bible study. So let's look quickly at Matthew chapter 6 as our foundational text. And then we're going to make some progress, I believe. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to see something. Ooh, God. Well, you've been sitting a little long tonight. Won't you stand to your feet? I, there's something in my, that's stirring in my soul because God is desiring to do more for you than what you have already experienced. Ooh-wee. Some people have settled in. I mean, God has blessed you and you're just like, well, you know, if God doesn't do anything else, it's all right. But no, no, no. He wants to do so much more. He wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Uh, uh, turn to somebody and smile and say, neighbor, you need to think bigger. <laughs> yeah, I command you in Jesus Christ's name, who is the head of the church, to think bigger. You need to think bigger. You are thinking too small with what God has on his mind to do for you. Good God of mercy, think bigger. Think bigger. Think bigger. And when you think bigger, think bigger than that. Ooh, God, I'm ready for it. I said, I'm ready for it. Hallelujah. Well, you've been standing too long now. Would you have a seat? Are you in Matthew chapter 6? Amen. I just got just a few moments midweek service. Amen. This is your booster shot. Just in case you need it. Look at verse number 19. We've already been there, but let's just run through it real quick so that those who were not here uh, Sunday or perhaps didn't tune in on our streaming broadcast or some electronical way where they uh, are viewed and blessed by the service, we want everybody to be on the same page. Amen? Look at verse 19. And this is Jesus. It's your Bible. Is it in red? So, so uh, one preacher said, he said, read when you talk. A guy said, I, I just don't know where to read. I, I just, you know, I don't know where to turn in my Bible. He said, well, open up your Bible. He said, just read the red and do what it says. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, read the red and do what it says. Yeah, yeah. Look at verse 19. This is Jesus. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves uh, do not break in and steal. Here it is. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen? And then we went on Wednesday to define when Jesus was talking about treasure, he was not talking about what? 
Jesus was not talking about money. However, most of the time when this text is presented in the Western Hemisphere, it is always majored about money. And Jesus was not referring to money at all. Amen? But he was preferring or he was uh, inferring or was talking about your thought life. He was talking about your thought life. For Proverbs 23, 7 says, for, for whatever a man, that's what he is. And so if you're wanting your life to be better, anybody want better? Yeah, we're talking about thinking bigger. Anybody want to think bigger? Well, to think bigger, ooh, Jesus. To think bigger, you have to have bigger thoughts. So that means you can't think like you've been thinking. Because the way you have been thinking has brought you to where you are today. But we're wanting to go further. We're wanting to go higher. We want all that God has available for the child of God. So our thoughts are going to have to be like his thoughts. Now, I know the word of God says that man's thoughts are not like God's thoughts. God's ways are not like man's ways. That's not talking to the born again child of God. I said, that's not talking to the born again child. That's talking to the man who hasn't been regenerated. That is the man who hasn't received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. But blessed be Jesus, we are born again. And amen. And if any man be in, he is a, yeah, you can, you can think God's thoughts. You can know God's ways. You can know what God is going to do. Are you listening to me? Ooh, Jesus. Hallelujah. So notice in verse number 21, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. I want to work with this thing on the thought, but just let me, just give me a little liberty. Uh, you don't mind giving money to something that you love. You, if you ever notice, whenever your heart changes, it always affects your giving. Ain't nobody saying anything. But you ever, even in a marriage, you'll, you'll always know when your spouse is drifting. Because their givings were drifting. It'll start drying up. Ooh, God. And if you married somebody and they never gave you nothing, I wonder what you got. Because love gives. And it gives liberally. Ooh, Jesus. Boy, we drove that stingy spirit out already. Can somebody say Amen. Now, let's go to Proverbs chapter 23. It's already been quoted, but let's go and look at it. Proverbs 23, verse 7. Yeah, love gives. Matter of fact, anything you love, you'll give to it. Anything you love, you'll sacrifice. Somebody said, is that Bible? Yes, it's Bible. For God so loved the world. God, the Father demonstrated his love towards you and I by sending not a son, but his only son to die for you and I because love gives. And when a man loves his wife, he gives. And when a woman loves her husband, she gives. And when a mom and dad love their children, they give. And when the children love mom and dad, they clean the house and cut the grass and make their beds. Why? Because love gives. A boy goes out in the front yard and get dandelions, bring them into his mother. He said, Mom, I just love you and I'm thinking about you and I want to give you some flowers because love gives. I said, love gives. Yeah. Glory to God. 
Are you listening to me? I was eating this peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I just thought about how much I love your mom, and I wanted to give you a piece. Because love gives. Are you listening to me? When your love gets funny, your giving gets funny. Whatever you love, you'll give to it. Now let's move on. Proverbs 23, 7. Ready? Read. For as he thinketh, come on. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now we haven't given this enough time to, to this church and to our viewing audience. We haven't given enough time to the importance of how a person thinks. You can be saved and live a defeated life if your thinking's not right. I was talking to a young man just the other day, or maybe 48 or 72 hours ago, and he was troubled. And he, he, he said, he said uh, Pastor, um, I just feel like I'm a hypocrite. And uh, you know, I said, why do you feel like you're a hypocrite? He said, well, because I come to church and I sing the songs and I, uh, you know, I do what, you know, in, in the church what we're saying to do. But when I go home, uh, it doesn't match. And I, I just, you know, I just feel like, you know, sometime when the devil tell me I don't need to go to church, I, I want to yield to that thought because uh, I, I, I just feel like maybe I'm being a hypocrite. And, and maybe I should just, you know, I should, you know, just stop until I, you know, till I can get some things fixed. And I said, no, 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 young man. I said, uh, you're not a hypocrite. I said, you don't listen to enough word. I said, you're not a hypocrite. I said, the only word you're feasting on during the week is when you come to church on Sundays. And that's no more than 45 minutes to an hour. I said, can you, uh, can you live on one meal for an hour for the rest of the week? I said, what would happen to you if you only ate one meal a week? And he pondered it. He said, I'd get weak and faint. I said, well, that's in the natural. I said, you're not a hypocrite. I said, you're weak and faint in the spirit because you don't feed enough on spiritual food. So your natural, your, your flesh man, your carnal man, he dominates your life. So you're battling as to whether or not you really are saved because you cuss. I said you're cussing because the, the carnal man is dominating your life because you don't speak, you don't feed your spiritual man enough food. Are you all listening to me? How are you going to make it just listening to the word on Sunday? As a matter of fact, you don't even really know and you're not really benefiting from what God is saying to me and through me if the only time you fellowship with what I'm saying is on Sundays. And it's clear it's not important enough to you because you don't, you don't go online or whatever you got to do now. I mean, the word is out there. Are you listening to me? And if you want to know what God is saying to you through me, you got to listen to me, not Bishop Jakes, not Andrew Womack. Nothing wrong with listening to them, but not more than me. So when somebody encounter you, you don't quote, quote Kenneth Copeland, you quote your pastor. As, no, no, you, you quote somebody, but you're not quoting me. And when I'm around and I hear you talk, I know you're not listening to me because you're talking about everybody but me. 
I don't say anything. I just locate you. You smile, I'll smile. But I don't walk away from your presence ignorant as to what you're committed to because it's not me. Ain't nobody saying nothing now. Because if I am really your man of God, you want to hear me more than any other voice other than Jesus. Let's not fall out. I said, let's not fall out. Ooh, Jesus. So I tried to bring some comfort to the person because the devil was whipping them, trying to pull them out of the things of God. And I had to get the individual to see that your battle is no different than mine. If I don't feast on the word of God, I get carnal too. Y'all can look at me any way you want to. But if you don't feast on the word of God, you don't act away from church like you're acting now. You got patience because you're in here. You're long-suffering because you're in here. You're gentle because you're in here. You're exercising the fruit of the Spirit because you're in here. But in here is not your test. Your test starts in the hallway. Certainly by the parking lot. And if it don't start there, I-435 north or south. Certainly by the time you get home. Ooh, Jesus. Is this good? So our nugget number two was, last Sunday, was everything we know through our five senses. Is it up there? Ooh, there it is. But they sharpened the video department tonight. Everything we know, come on, read with me. Everything we know through our five senses is in a state of change and decay. Everything we know through our five senses. Say this with me. When my thoughts are in God, there can be no fear, worry, defeat, or frustration. Now, I'm going to work with something in a minute because people run around quoting Romans 8, talking about we're more than the conquerors. But then they're living defeated lives in Romans chapter 7. And we got to get out of Romans chapter 7. And we truly got to really get in Romans chapter 8 where we live a life like we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. It's not just saying you're a conqueror. It is being a conqueror. Can somebody say amen? Say it again. When my thoughts are in God, when my thoughts are in God, there can be no fear. If you're fearful, your thoughts are not in God. Because if your thoughts are anchored in God, there can be no fear. There can be no worry. When my, listen to me. When your thoughts are anchored in God, which just simply means your eyes are focused on him, and when your eyes are focused on God, you know who he is. You know what he can do for you. 
And when you're focused on God, you know God can't fail. Well, if God can't fail, I can't fail if I'm anchored in him. So how can I worry when I know God is on my side? Well, let me talk to this side. How can you worry about anything if you really know that God is on your side. If you really know God is on your side, there is no room in your soul for worry to enslave you. Because if God is on your side, Paul by the Holy Ghost have already told us that all things will work together. That's why you can shout in a storm. That's why you can dance when it looks like you're going down. Because that's why you can shout in a test or a trial. Because God would not have permitted the test or the trial to come unless he has already qualified you to be able to make it through it. The test did not come to break you or to defeat you. The test and the trial came to make you better. Tests and trials come so that you can locate where you are in God. How do you know that you won't worry until you get an opportunity to do so? And don't do it. How do you know that you have victory over that person that used to be with or that man or woman that used to lay with until you see him and nothing jumps off in your soul? And when you walk away, you know there's nothing of them that is in me any longer. Oh, Jesus. Is this blessing anybody? Say it again. When my thoughts are in God, there can be no fear, worries, defeats, or frustrations. I'm not frustrated. Why? God's on my side. I'm not worried. Why? God's on my side. Man, but it looks like they're going to get you. I don't care what it looks like. God's on my side. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what the word of God says. And God says we're more than conquerors. Let's go to Luke chapter 12. Are you being blessed at all? Yeah, if you're worried, your focus is wrong. And I'm telling you, the devil's going to give you marvelous opportunities to be worried. I mean, he'll wait for you, wake up in the morning. Hey, I was with you last night. I'm still here, but you can take the word of God and run his behind out. I don't know where he's going to go, but he's getting up out of my house. I don't want him at your house, but he certainly has got to get up out of mine. Are you in Luke chapter 12? Let's look together at verse number 15. And he said to them, 
We're getting ready to get to some red. Is it red now? Take heed and be and beware of covetousness. Yeah. Be, 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 beware of covetousness. Covetousness simply means you're stingy. And when somebody else got something, you can't rejoice because you think it ought to be yours. I, I shared with my wife, I said, when people are celebrating you, always look around and see and notice the people who are not celebrating. And then when you notice them, act like you didn't see them. Just make a note. Because when it's not in their heart, it's hard to express it through their physical body. The, the switch doesn't turn on. And even if they try to do it because they think you're watching them, it, 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 doesn't have any, it doesn't have any substance to it. Because it's phony. Cool, Jesus. Are you listening to me? And, and if, if you haven't encountered that, if you haven't encountered enemies, you're not doing anything for God. You're not, you're not doing anything for God. If nobody's talking about you, you're not doing nothing. In other words, if nobody's talking about you, you haven't done it enough to be noticed. If nobody's talking about you, you haven't done anything for the kingdom to the effect where it's noticeable, to where the devil has to send cohorts after you. See, God, Jesus paid the price for the good life, not the easy life. Because when his goodness is on you, you're going to attract enemies. Everybody's not going to like you being blessed. And so if nobody's talking about you, you haven't done anything lately. Because the Bible says, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. If they, all men didn't speak well of Jesus, how are they going to speak well of you? So if nobody's saying anything about this ministry in this city, we're not making an impact. And if we're making an impact for the kingdom, the devil and his crew is not happy about it. So this ministry has to be lied on sometimes if we're doing something for the kingdom. If you're really doing something for God, somebody who belonged to the devil has to lie on you. That's the only way you're going to know you're being effective. Nobody talks about anybody that's not doing anything. And never get upset when somebody criticizes you. Ooh, Jesus. Because all your critics are below you. And sometimes they're criticizing you because they're looking up and they don't like what you have or what you're doing. Are you listening to me? You never get criticized from the top down. Speak Holy Ghost in this house. Notice Jesus said, this, this is a warning. 
He, this is a warning. Somebody say warning. warning. Say warning, warning, warning. warning. Turn to your neighbor and say warning. 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 Yeah, that's what, that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying warning. For, for, beware of covetousness. Look at this. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. Jesus said, warning, your stuff don't make you nothing. Because you live in a big house, that don't make you anything other than you in a big house. That the essence of who you are does not measure up to the accumulation of material things. And Jesus says, warning, warning, warning. In other words, don't pursue things at the expense of spiritual things. Don't pursue natural, material, physical things at the expense of your spiritual connection to the Lord. You're carnal because you're pursuing things. No, no, Jesus said, pursue me, please me, do what I tell you to do. Didn't my word said if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land? Is this blessing somebody? Now, when Jesus quoted Luke, or when he said Luke in Luke 12, verse 15, Jesus, Minister Orphe, was not speaking just something he wanted to say. This is important for you to understand. When Jesus spoke, let's, let's look at it again. Verse 15, and he said to them, who said it? What did he say? He said, take it, go ahead. Okay, let me read it in English. And he said to them, take heed, it's important, and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Why did Jesus say that? And how did he know to say that? And where did he get it from? Or was he just saying something off the top of his head? All right, go to the fifth book of Moses. And now you're going to see where Jesus said, I don't say anything unless I hear my father say it. I don't do anything unless I hear my father do it. Are, are you all listening to me? Let's, let's look at this in, in chapter eight of, of the, the last book of Moses. Chapter or the, or the last book of the law. Or, or the, the last book of the Pentateuch, and for some of you, Deuteronomy. It's all the same. Look at chapter 8. It's important for you to see this. It's so vitally important that you see this. Are you, are you with me? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. You there? Look at verse 3. Ready? Read on the screen. Go ahead. See, y'all thought it was over. <laughs> Come on, hold on, read it again. Read it again. Go ahead. So in Luke, 
So in Luke chapter 12, Jesus wasn't saying something just because he wanted to say it. When Jesus spoke, he was quoting Deuteronomy. He was quoting the law. He was quoting Moses in what he said. Jesus said the same thing. What came out of Jesus' mouth in Luke 12 was the same thing that was said in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Man shall not live by bread alone. Yes? So Christ drew directly from Deuteronomy 8, quoting the words of Moses. Now let's go to Matthew 4, 4. Matthew 4, 4. Matthew chapter 4. Are you there? Look at verse 4. Look on the screen. Ready? Read. Hold on. Where did Jesus get that from? I said, where did Jesus get that from? We're reading in the first synoptic gospel. Jesus spoke out of his mouth. He didn't just say something. He said what he had studied. He said what he had learned. He spoke the word of God. When Satan came to him to tempt him, the Bible says, Jesus said, it is, well, you can't know what's written unless you study." Jesus, who can I help you now? Jesus didn't come out just knowing. Just like you don't know who you are till you study. That's why Jesus came out as a baby. He sucked at his mother's breast. He was taking from her breast the milk that he gave her. And the Bible says that Jesus grew in knowledge and wisdom. That's why when Satan came to him, he was able to pass the test. Why? He had, he had, he had successfully operated in process. And that's why the first Adam failed. Because the first Adam didn't go through process. And God said, I'm going to fix this. You remember the first Adam came out as a man. He did not go through process. And that's, look at your neighbor and say, that's why you have trouble. Sometimes, because you're in process. So when Satan came in the garden, the first Adam fell because he wasn't, he wasn't mature. He wasn't developed in process. So the last Adam, Jesus, God said, he's not going to come out as a man. But I'm going to send this last Adam as a baby. Why? Because he's going to go through process. 
so when the tempter comes, he'll be able to pass the test. The Bible says he learned to be obedient because he went through process. And don't you throw, let me throw my towel. Don't you throw in the towel. I don't care what you falling in. I don't care what kind of mistake you made. I don't care how bad you messed up. You are still in process. And if you don't quit, you're going to get better and better and better and better and better and better and better. Go to three people and tell them, say, stay in the process, stay in the process, stay in the process. Let me have my towel. Let me have my towel. Thank you, sir. Go to three more people and tell them, say, stay in the process. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. Stay in the process. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I sense the fire God in here. I sense a breakthrough in here. Come on, man. I sense a breakthrough in here. Somebody's being delivered right now. Somebody's being set free right now. Somebody's grabbing a hold of victory right now. You are Easter. Process, process, process. Process. You may have been knocked down, but get up and get back in the process. Hallelujah. 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 Good God of mercy. Hallelujah. Come on, man. Come on. You're going to stir up my Pentecostal roots here in a minute. Glory to God. I'm in the process. Hallelujah. Somebody walked in here tonight thinking they were defeated, only to discover they're not defeated. They are in, they're in the process. God is in the process of making you something. Hallelujah. I said God is in the midst. He's in the business of shaping and molding and making you something if you stay in the process. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Please have a seat. Our time is gone. I said, our time is gone. Oh, Jesus. I said, oh, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for revelation. Mm -hmm. Thank you for revelation. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe somebody need this. This is a little bit off the cuff. But uh, I did some things for my wife. And I'm going to do some more things. She don't even know it yet. Uh, but she's going to find out in a minute. Because uh, uh, she was away for a few days. And uh, I don't know if it's Bible. But, you know, I heard it growing up. You know, so it got down in me. Uh, uh, absence makes the heart. I, I don't know if that's Bible. But I heard it. It sounded like you heard it in your neighborhood, too. Uh, but it is something about getting away from each other for a minute. And um, uh, it helps you to see what your life would be like. 
you think you want to be by yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't get a total glimpse, but you do get a little glimpse of what your life would be like without them. Because when they're faithfully there, you can, you can, you can start smelling yourself. You know, you know you, 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 unknowingly sometimes you start treating them like, you know, I, 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 can, I can do this. And, you, you, and, and it's arrogance for you to think your life would be the same without them as it would be with them. And then you hear me good. You have to be extremely careful when God gives you somebody. Because when you don't treat them right, that's like telling God, I don't like what you gave me. And you don't want God to say, okay. See, your arrogance would think that if they went back where they came from, their life wouldn't be as it is with you. And also, uh, you better hear me good. Perhaps God is blessing you like he's blessing you because she or he is with you. You get somebody else, the blessing stop. I know this is not the lesson. Y'all can get back to shouting in a minute. But we don't want to leave here shouting on where is your treasure and then go home in the greatest treasure that God has given us. So while she was away, I had personal time with God. And I really do love God. That's why it's important to marry somebody that really loves God. When you marry somebody who really loves God, you don't have to get on them. When they get alone, God will talk to them. God will deal with them. And, and, if, and if God doesn't deal with them, and if they don't make any changes, there's a great possibility that they're not even born again. They may be ever so religious and quote scriptures, but that don't mean you're saved. The devil can quote scriptures. And I realized that I personally needed to make some changes. And I just believe I'm not the only one in here need to make some changes. I'm feeling alone, but I don't feel like. <laughs> yeah, y'all they're all looking at me like I'm a Martian. <laughs> but I pray the word bless you tonight. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.